everybody. How good is the Premier League, by the way? I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. I think this might be one of the most exciting Premier League seasons, not ever, but in a long, long time. A long, long time. It's been a weekend of derbies and everything, everything is red. We have got super Mark Goldbridge next to me with the biggest smile on his face ever. I think he's got a semi on as well. Um, and super James Alcott, the encyclopedia of football. This is going to be a banging episode. Okay, lads, let's get into it. Um, We're going to start with the Arsenal game, all right? Um, What a win for Arsenal. They were impressive. They were incredible. Tottenham were absolutely rubbish. Mark, what do you think of the game? Come on. I thought Arsenal were incredible. Um, You know, I think that I've been a big fan of Arteta for a while. And I think that finally they are probably where they are ahead of schedule. But I thought the game yesterday was just a contrast of two halves. I thought the attacking side yesterday in the first half was fantastic. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And, 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 And they won the game in the first half. And then the second half... You had Ramsdale for the first 20 minutes who made some big saves, especially that foot save. And then defensively, they were rock solid. So I think you come out of that game and you go, right, great points, clear a city. Um, We've attacked in the first half, we've defended in the second half, got a clean sheet, we scored two goals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are... I think the biggest thing with Arsenal is whether they want to acknowledge what I'm about to say, which is you have got one hand on the trophy, even though it's halfway through. That's quick. Yeah, that's too quick. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 the hand I, on the trophy, believing you can do it, is one thing. I, you're not I, even halfway. Are we? I think they are so comfortably their best team, and I think the only thing that's going to hurt Arsenal. And look, you, you're right; they might not win it, but the only thing that's going to hurt them is. What could hurt anybody is if they got two or three injuries because of the World Cup and everything like that. So Gary Neville said after the game, he said, I still don't think Arsenal are going to win the league. Is that where you are at the minute then? Too no, early? No, no, I, th- I, th- I actually, th- it's games like that that I start to go, it feels a bit like Leicester, not in the same amount of like, you know, the fact that it was 5,000 to 1 for, for Leicester. But there were like games, I remember Leicester City playing uh, Man City and beating them there. Yeah. We had Mahrez before. Like, yeah, what Hoof maybe with the yeah, header Hoof, as well. Yeah, he did, yeah. And it felt like <clears throat> that kind of day. It felt like on another day when you're, it's not going to be your year, you go to Tottenham, the crowd get up for it, they're up for it, you can't deal with the pressure of it all and you wobble and you draw that game. But the fact that they were so confident in that first half, as, as much as it was Arsenal were great and they are so great, I mean, Tottenham were useless. How, how crazy is it, right, that in a North London derby, right, when, when the emotion is so high and everybody should just be off the Richter scale of fucking energies, and like craziness, yeah, 
Tottenham in that first half, honestly, it was like a pre-season friendly. Yeah. It was embarrassing, wasn't it? There's Arsenal, no intensity. Arsenal, exactly. Like Arsenal were the only ones who were pressing and rushing and run, harrying all that kind of stuff. Tottenham just sat back and were just like, we don't know what to do. And yet. also, you can that is like that's like Everton against Liverpool, Man United against Man City. You can be the team. Arsenal shouldn't be winning this league. You can be the team that dent their yeah. title hopes. Yeah. You're the team more than anybody at your ground who should be absolutely shithousing your way through it, yeah. trying everything. And they were sort of... Oh, it's, oh, it's the deflected. start, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's that, the, the way they start games, it's the, there's not any different... I've seen that game for the last three years. I swear they played Chelsea and lost 2-0, and it was the same thing where they're useless in the first half, they're defending in their own third for the whole game, they sort of come out for ten minutes in the second half, and then it calms down again. Tottenham haven't got any further forward with Conte. It's the same way that Mourinho was playing, yeah. it's the same way that you know, Spirit Santo was playing as well. And... Like the, it's all about that first half because I think that's the thing with Arsenal. Arsenal, you know who's going to play. You know exactly where they're going to play on the pitch. You know exactly who they want to pass to. How they're going to do it. And you can't stop them because yeah, they're too quick with it. That's the biggest well, difference. Well, why, why, why you play a back five, and it is a back five, because a back five can be expansive. Why you play a back five against Arsenal who play a midfield three and you've not got Ben Tanker either. You play a midfield two. You get absolutely swamped in the midfield. You're playing with a back five. You've got no number 10. You've got a really good front three that you can't get to. And, and you, I thought they were beat as soon as I saw the formation. But, I, 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 I'm, line up, I'm like, gone. He got the team selection yeah. wrong, completely wrong, right? As soon as, I guarantee you, yeah, Saka going into that game must have gone, Sessignon's playing sort of left wing back. All right, just get the ball over there, right? Yeah. I'll run into that space and I'll just destroy him. And that's how it went. So from the very first time he got the ball, Sessignon's slow getting back in. Saka gets a run on him with pace. I'm thinking, oh, this is, you're either going to give a penalty away or you're just going to have to let him run past you here, mate. And that's how it proved. He just kept doing it, kept doing it. Yeah, yeah. But I thought the tone got set from Lloris early doors. You see, when he got the ball played back to him, it took too long on it. Went to clear it, spooned yeah. it, all that kind of thing. And from that moment on, I think the Tottenham players got nervy. Arsenal sensed it and they just carried on, carried on. It was relentless. But as well, what I want to say is, at the end of the game, Aaron Ramsdale, we're going to talk about all the, all the stuff and all that kind of stuff, but I was actually a little bit disappointed he got man of the match. And I'll tell you really? why. And I don't mean this in a bad way, right? Because I love Aaron Ramsdale. And yesterday was... It was literally the most perfect goalkeeping performance. Absolutely everything. Like balls into the box he was coming out for. Um, saves, like distribution. The whole shebang, right? He did it all. Um, but I don't want I don't want like Tottenham to be going, yeah, but your goalie got man of the match. Because there's no Tottenham fan naive enough in this world, surely, to no. see that game and go, we were good enough to get something from that no, game. Because they weren't. I don't think they would do. I really, I really don't. I think, uh, I think Ramsdale was man of the match for me. Because the, the, I think... Went 2 0 is a dangerous score when you're away from home, and, and I think Spurs probably nearly did enough to get a goal, but they didn't because Ramsdale was so good. Yeah. So I think he stopped that game becoming what it never should have been, yeah, which exactly. is the last half an hour of Spurs getting something out of it. And, but I don't think a Spurs fan would honestly look at that. I think they'd look at it the way we've reflected and said that, you know, from minute one, you were never in that game and it's, and it's not acceptable. And um, I, I, I just. I think, uh, just going back to what you said about Leicester as well on Arsenal, I do think Arsenal fans think like that. Or we're a bit like Leicester. I disagree with this completely. I think you're like Liverpool. I think you're li like Liverpool when you won the league against Man City. I think you're playing that well. You are the best team Man United have played. Yeah. Even though we beat you at Old Trafford, you're the best team. You're the most consistent. Your away record's fantastic. I, I think, I get it. I'd be very nervous if I was Arsenal. and I would start talking about Leicester. But I genuinely think right now they are comfortably the best team in the league. They have to be the favourites. And I know one hand on the trophy sounds 
a bit too premature because we're not halfway through the league. But if they did not win this league, and they've got to back the manager in January as well, if they don't win this league, something really wrong goes in the, in the second yeah. half because yeah, they are yeah. comfortably the best at the moment. Yeah, I think it's one of those... Where, actually, I think this is a positive for them. But the difference between that Liverpool team, the year before they'd finished second. Mm, yeah. And so I think they were, like, they were angry <clears throat> and went and got it done. What's good for Arsenal is that I think they do have that underdog mentality. But they pr- it's like there's so many players that weren't names and then become names. And that's where Arsenal, Arsenal kind of get to that tipping point where Odegaard, Martinelli, Saka, all those guys, they're still not names. They've still not been yeah, champions. But not they're even becoming done it, it, aren't they? But yeah. I think that provides yeah. a freedom and a hunger. Yeah. And even this is the big thing when you come back to how disappointed Spurs are. Even if you are... The best thing that you can do if you're under pressure and it's a derby game is not think. And Arsenal players don't have to think because the way that they play is so ingrained in them that they don't think. They just play those passes. And that was the difference with Tottenham. That's why they couldn't get out. It's because they don't... It's hit Kane and hope Kane's strong enough to play inside. Kane would drop to the halfway line and they'd hit Kane because they can't get out. So Kane would have to come even deeper. They're 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 the only team in the top, probably, you know, from the traditional top six who don't play with a number 10. They don't. They don't. Yeah. They well, try so and, Kane they, tries to do both. That's just ridiculous. I mean, even England, they have a number 10 behind Harry Kane. Yeah, you've sure. got, Harry Kane's got to be in. I know he loves to drop deep and link the play up. Stay up top. You're one of the best strikers in the world. Stay up top. Yeah. But you That's need, but you need a whole pattern of play for the rest of the, the yeah. team to get yeah. the ball up the pitch. And talk, uh, when you're talking about the goalkeepers, like football is about moments, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. And I think that's the thing. When you're saying that the Ramsdale was fair enough for him to be man of the match, despite not being totally involved all the yeah, time yeah. it's about those big moments yeah. and Lloris had an absolute stinker in a big moment and straight after the goal I think there's a chance for Son yeah, yeah. and that I mean talk us through that save because it's a lot of the saves that Ramsdale did actually with sort of that flexibility and with this, his legs is, which people won't really talk about the difference between Lloris yesterday and Ramsdale yesterday is you can see that Lloris is playing with no confidence yeah absolutely zero he's shot you can just see it whereas Ramsdale right every do you, time do you know, I mean you never oh you can see it then, but, but this you is, know when you are shot this is where you can see it right so Lloris for the goal for example okay yeah so he, he it takes a deflection it's a bit unlucky with the deflection either way it doesn't matter right once a player gets that close to you yeah you're taught as a goalkeeper that the only place he can really score is if he just smashes it through you because he's it, the angle's so tight yeah. the only way he's going to score is just pace by smashing it right so as a goalie you're taught to go basically right I'm just going to have to stand there yeah so put my arms there a little bit but I'm just going to have to stand tall stand big and just take one it might be in the chest face whatever it is right just take one as soon as he's kicked the ball he's started falling backwards yeah that falling back motion is a motion of uh, I don't really know what I'm doing right at this moment in time. And it's the worst thing you can do because it makes you smaller, the, the, the surface area smaller. It's, it's not good for making saves, right? Whereas Ramsdale at this moment in time, anytime they come through one-on-one, he's in full control of his body. He's forward. His body weight is forward over his knees, over his, over his legs. And he's, he's, he's able to move whilst the, the foot save in the second half was a mm. thing of beauty. Like David De Gea. It's beautiful, mate. He, he's come out. He knows what he's doing. He's in full control of everything and he's spread in a proper way and he still managed to flick his foot up. He's on fire at the minute. That's fascinating, though. It shows like how important body language is. Yeah, I never sure. thought that with a, with a goalkeeper. Just, just the difference of going, come on then, yeah. put it in my mind. This is Aaron Ramsdale all day, all, all over, though. This is what he's like all the time, kind I'll of tell thing. you what, though, just, 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 you know, just got me thinking there. I mean, in fairness to Lloris, he did cost Spurs the game. But in fairness to Arsenal, Nketiah 
should have scored two goals. Yeah, yeah. Have done, yeah. And Loris did get, make himself big. Fair, but I think yeah. I actually think on both of those, Enketier doesn't get his first touch right and makes it. Yeah, easier he did. The one in the second but, half, bad touch. But, the, wasn't but it? they were two big the moments. For Arsenal it's as well. all about those moments. Yeah, they're big games because yeah. the game state's different. Like Tottenham in the second half, they sort of have a go, but Arsenal going go on then. Yeah, because once we've got the ball, we'll just keep it for a bit. Give it to Martinelli. Where did Tottenham go from here with Conte? Because his contract's up in the summer. Do they give him a new contract? Is this going to go down well anyway with the Spurs fans? I was talking to my mate Flav, he's a big Spurs fan, and he's saying what's so backward with this is that normally a manager goes, just give me three years. Just get, Everyone just calm down. Give me three years and I'll show you. With Tottenham, it's like, say you want three years to Conte, and Conte's going, I don't know if I want three years. Yeah. Like, it's so strange. I don't know if he's good enough to say that. I really don't. I don't. Well, I not, don't not, not I've seen that. As I said earlier, I've seen that game so many times, and I'm sure Tottenham fans will say the same, where they're so defensive... And I think the outlook, that's why Arsenal are doing so well. Because even if they do go behind, they make a couple of attacking changes and it makes them different. You have to be able to sort of lean on that when you're struggling a little bit. And with Tottenham, it's the same thing. And I guess they're going to probably invest with him again, I would imagine. I... they need to get some of their players back. I think Richarlison, yeah. who, as, as annoying as he can be, is a very good player for them. All right, them. let's There's talk about Richarlison. Here. Spurs fans, by the way, can you get in the comments down below? And just, if you are a Spurs fan, let me know what you think. Do you want Conte to stay or should he go? Is it time? Just whatever. Can right? I just let say on that, though? I do yeah. think there are some revisionists on football because there's United fans going, oh, Goldbridge wanted Conte. And I'm like, that last season from January till May... Kulisevsky, Kane and Son scored more goals than anybody and Spurs were really entertaining. Yeah. I think the disappointing thing is why have they just suddenly changed this year? Because every time I've watched them, really poor. I think yeah. Injuries have played a part. Just to answer your question, I think Conte has to commit. If Conte commits, then you go, you can bring everyone on board and then off you go. Mm. But uh, as long the uh, longer he doesn't, the longer everyone's just going to stay. Well, yes, Harry, Harry, gone. Harry Kane's gone a nice in the relationship summer as well. for anyone. Yeah, Harry Kane will be gone in the summer as well. All right, let's talk about Richarlison, OK? So um, you saw all the scenes at the end of the game, right? It was like the, the Richarlison bit, right? I'm, I'm not even talking about the dickhead fan that ran off <laughs> and tried to kick him. What an absolute knobhead, right? Yes. First of all, Aaron Ramsdale conducted himself incredibly well. Like, what a guy. Like, he's walking off and Richarlison's giving this, he's poking him, he's prodding him, and he's just walking going, do you know what, I'm not going to react because I'll get a red card. If I lash out, I'll get a red card, right? But Richarlison, right, the only reason why he's doing this, and I'm going to nominate him here, by the way, lads, for Chump of the Week. He is my really? Chump of the Week, without doubt, Richarlison. It was ridiculous. The only reason why he's doing it, right, is because they've just been spanked in the North London derby, and the Spurs fans are watching it, and they're going, none of you lot care, you've got no heart, you don't care about the club. And Richarlison's giving it the big one, and he's gone trying to give it and go, yeah, I care, look how much I care. Don't you dare, like, taunt our fans and stuff like that. That's the only reason why he's done it. Load of shit it is. Fuming <laughs> with him, I am. Absolutely fuming. But he, I- to be fair to him, I don't like Richarlison, but he didn't start the game. And when he came on, he was kicking people. And yeah, he was decent. About. Yeah, so, for sure. You know, yeah, I get it. And Ramsdale did did do well. I thought Arteta was the best. Zaka, no. That's exactly what he yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I guess if something outrageous happens and they say they throw the book at Richarlison, but yeah. they have to kind of gently throw the book at Ramsdale, you know, your goalkeeper's out for a couple of games. And yeah. that, those things can make a yeah. massive difference. That's what I love. That's a good point, it. though. When he's, got, he's literally got his finger in he, his face. He didn't react at all. He knows the cameras are on it. He knows everybody really is watching this. And he just wears it, keeps walking, going, yeah, all right, mate, cool. We just won 2 0. Sweet as a nut. See you later. All the yeah. best, right? 
Richarlison, chump of the week, mate, fuming. Right, let's move on. We spent way too long talking about Arsenal there, but I loved it. What a game, honestly. This weekend has been incredible. It's all red absolutely everywhere. And somewhere else it's red is the Manchester Derby. Goldbridge, you're buzzing your little titties off, aren't you? <laughs> I am, I am, I am. I'm not putting us in a title race and I'm just buzzing for Crystal Palace now. And everyone's talking about Arsenal next week. We've got Crystal Palace on Wednesday. But I think the big thing about Manchester United was we went into that game and we were on a good run. We've beat Man City before, but there was more pressure because we're on a good run. Where are we? The story was being told that we, we had to not lose that game. And I think when they scored, it was like, oh. But then the response was fantastic. And I know we'll probably talk about the offside, but I think that the atmosphere at Old Trafford was electric. It's yeah. not been like that for a while. You see people like Casemiro and Varane reacting to a crowd like that. And you go, they've won Champions League with Real Madrid. Proper players. And they are absolutely yeah. swallowing this up and loving it. So the, the buzz comes from the... Not the not necessarily the result gives you that, but the buzz comes from just where the club is heading, and you contrast that with a Liverpool or a Chelsea or a Spurs. Um, the similarities to what Arsenal are doing really, we're just a, we're a little bit further behind, exceeding expectation. Worst Premier League side United have ever had last May to where we are now. The fact that people are talking about title races, I'll take that, but really. We're still, you know, when Rashford goes down in the first half, I'm like, that's the season gone. Yeah, we're yeah. still very, very thin. Um, but as Ted, you know, Ten Hag just said, uh, you can almost just listen to Ten Hag and never have to listen to me because yeah. he just says what the fans think. He's like, we'll take it every game as it comes. Yes, the offside, I'd be fuming if it happened to us, but we'll take it. And, uh, you, know, you know, it's about progress. It's about, you know, building. It's about investment. You just go, basically just covered everything, hasn't he? He's fantastic. Um, we'll talk about the offside in a minute, James. Before the game... Be mm. honest, mm. did you expect Man United to get anything from that? And don't lie either, because I know that you triple captained Harley. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know yeah, you triple captained yeah, yeah. them, right? Uh, yeah, but what did you think before the game? Uh, I thought Man City would win it 2 1. That was my prediction yeah. that I'd sort of put on um, other content. Um, I, I was really impressed with Man United and how organised they were. Mm. And I think Ten, George Ten Hag's done brilliantly. He's had a couple of things that have like, not fallen in his lap, but I think the Ronaldo thing has, has shown. Yeah. He's been able to show principles, which is, I think, what that was really well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but I think the little thing that people don't think about is that in terms of building momentum, what they've done brilliantly, the, the run that they've had, you haven't actually played that many brilliant teams, no. right? But also that, alongside the the cup runs, it's just about winning games, mm. and I think Guardiola does that sometimes with, with the League Cup, and they've had an amazing run there because if you keep winning games, everything feels good, and then you end up playing a little bit better, and I think. Man United went into that game in a really, really good place and it allowed them to be quite... I thought they were really proactive in terms of how they defended. Previously, when you played Man City before, it's been defend deep, McTominay, Fred, hit Rashford. And you were looking to hit Rashford, but I thought Ericsson was amazing. He's so smart, the way he passes the ball. Most people thought he had a bad game. Really? I thought he was great. But this is the thing about United. I think there's so many players at the moment that are, you know, underrated and... You know, you talk about the way that we normally play against Man City. I was watching Solskjaer, uh, not Solskjaer, thank God, wasn't watching Solskjaer. <laughs> I was watching Shaw and Varane, and people say, oh, it's just an Oli performance, you just hit in the break. I was watching Shaw and Varane, and City didn't know, the ball in the midfield got stuck with City because they couldn't hit the ball in behind, and then they couldn't hit the ball deep because Varane and Shaw just kept going 10 yards, 10 yards. It was, it was organised, it was deep, but it would never let Haaland think I can get in behind, and it never let the fullback have the overlap it was really intelligent in the first the only thing I disagree with is I think it was so Harley kept dropping really deep but then he would spin around and go and it was like a train when he started running but Man City because they're so sort of tappy a lot of the time they didn't play that ball into him on those few moments that they they could have but the way man it wasn't like Solskjaer days because 
you had like a, a sort of almost like a mid-high press thing yeah. where you were much higher up yeah, the pitch yeah, than, yeah. than you normally were. And that's that's about being on the front foot and being assertive, even if you haven't got the football. That's, and that's why Martial's so important. But that's confidence and momentum, yeah, and going, oh, this is a plan, we get it, but we're going to defend, but we're going to defend on our terms. Mm. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought Man City had worn them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. over. I, I did, uh, but then, do you know then. what I think? I think Man City. I think Man City wear themselves out. I think Man United. Man City have got this principle of starting games and trying to absolutely bowl teams over and going in at the break three, four nil up, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Everybody's the opposition are basically chasing them down, all that kind of stuff. I think Man City struggle at, when they're nil nil at half time because they are already given most of their energy. And then, like, but to be fair to Man United, when they scored that goal, Man City, I thought, well, here we go, floodgates, floodgates, that's it, the, the belief's gone, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Man United, twice, I mean, twice at Old Trafford, this has happened. And, and it's interesting what you say about we've not played big teams because I think I almost feel that, but then we beat Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City at home, and you go, oh god, yeah, we have played oh, yeah. those teams, but Liverpool was before. For them, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah good this run. little run, but this little run, honestly, you got to win games. This run is so hard to do. The, this is what wins champions, championship. Sorry, is going on them runs there because they're almost as hard to do as beating the big teams. If you know what I mean, totally. to come com, like week after week after week to beat the Palaces, the Villa, all those kind of teams that they're not. They're, if they're playing at Old Trafford, they go right. We'll just sit in today, chill, make it difficult. That's so hard to beat. Ten Hag's game management is exceptional because he's done it twice against the two best teams in the league. Against Arsenal, we were one 0 up. Arsenal were better than us. They equalised and Arsenal went, right, now we're going to go and win the game. Yeah, they went gung-ho, didn't they? Yeah. made a change yeah. and we hit them on the break. Yeah. Man City scored the goal and like you say, I think they think we've done the hard work now. They think we're going to open up a bit and we played it and Ten Hag changed it in a way that we didn't open up but we caught them out twice on both goals. And to do that takes, you know, take, takes brains but it also takes you know knowledge to know that you're up against teams like that and they are going to play in a different way now they've scored yeah and then we're going to play in a different way to react yeah. a bit of calmness as well like when the pressure well, at that twice, moment, yeah. you've got to be calm with it you've got to think about stuff um let's talk about the offside offside goal uh, marcus rashford's goal <laughs> mark please like Please. What, what, what do you want me to do? Defend it? What? No, you cannot defend this. You well, cannot I, I, defend I, I, I think, this. I think, has anyone defended it? Has no, anyone out there no. defended it? The funny thing is, I was like, you know, I said, to, I said to Ben before the show, I said, you know, it's a massive goal for Manchester United, but I didn't really celebrate it because I'm 100% convinced that, that, that that's definitely going to be offside. I, I don't know whether there's going to be a statement from, from, from the FA to come out and say we got it wrong, because if they haven't got it wrong... Every game has to be played like that now, where a striker in an offside position can run towards the ball that, that, and, and obstruct. It will become a new tactic. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. And, and, then and that's, a, a, that's a shambles. But, it, but, but did anyone ever look at the rules and say, it, was it technically right by the rules? I or think was it it, so. Wrong? So this is it. I think by the letter of the law, yeah, it, it was. It was right. It was within the letter of the law. But that, when you watch it, because my, my problem, my issue was, when, when you're defending and you let a player go and stop, you're doing that because you think and or know that they're offside, yeah. right? So as much as it was the shielding, for me, it was a kanji going, oh, he's offside. Or uh, literally, if you want to play offside, you have to slow down. You have to let that player go. And then when that ball's played, you're not in the right position. Whereas if you're playing five aside, you would have just run with him anyway. But then if you change the, the laws, right, and you, then there'll be this next phase where... Defenders will pretend that they were going to stop. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it does, like, this is the problem with refereeing a lot of the time is that, and I actually, there's a lot of refereeing that I've enjoyed 
this year. Like, I, I always wanted there to be this sort of, like, get up rule. Whereas if you're in your mind, you go, get up, then don't give it. And I think that's what referees have done pretty well this year. But that offside rule is, is a joke because there's no understanding of the art of defending because for someone to be offside, you have to stop running. But the, according to the law, it was... Mate, right, Ed- yeah. Edison, you see Edison's position is... He's so far out, right? He's on his penalty spot because when that ball is played round, he knows that Rashford is going for it because he's watched Rashford's body language, he's ro- watched his face, he's watched his eyes, yeah? And he is watching the ball come round, Rashford is, and he is, his body shape shows him that he's going to be touching the ball, yeah? So Rashford fully knows that he wants to take the ball. It's at that point, though, when Rashford, something in his brain goes... You're offside, just leave it. But it's too late by then. The yeah. damage is already done because your body language has given it away. So Edison is expecting Rashford to come and take the touch. Edison steps up because he, he knows Rashford's not going to hit it first time. He's taking a touch, and that touch to keep it under control and not let it get away from you is impossible, yeah? He knows that Edison's going, right, go on, as soon as you take that touch, bam, yeah. I'm going to come and smash you here. And then as soon as you leave it, it's all bets are off. It's absolute calm. Well, who is it? Is it Akanji and Walker or is it Akanji and Aki who are running back? I think uh, it's it's Aki. 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 It's Aki. Is it? Aki. Yeah. Definitely. Aki, some... Aki... Because uh, there's no ooh, way. Akanji's the one who lets him go off and then he... When, when, they, when you've seen the screenshots of um, Rashford shielding from someone, supposedly, that, that's Akanji. And Walker's coming on this right-hand so side. I don't know if Ake's in there. I don't yeah. think Ake's I think it is Walker, because I'm like, yeah. Bruno is never winning a foot race between no Akanji chance. and Walker. No way. In normal scenario. But I think, you know, it's hilarious. It's fantastic. But yeah, you take and, it. <laughs> and you definitely yeah. take it. Who cares? And like if, yeah. Man City had one of these a few years ago against Villa, where it was a re- they changed the rule because of it. I can't remember the technicalities of it. But, but look, if the rule changes because of it, it needs to change. If it doesn't change, and technically it's right, then let's see if it happens again. Um, oh. but, but the big thing is, it was 1-1 then. The, the score was 2-1. Yeah, it does. It and does Man City do. had opened up anyway. Man City lost their heads. at one, uh, when, when it went to 1-0, they lost their heads in the sense that I think they thought, that's it. Yeah. And they, they thought we were going to open up and their defensive line just seemed to, you know, be all over the place, and uh, I mean, yeah. Look, you never see that from Man City. I, I think, I think, you know, I think, I think, in the context of the Premier League, it was the right result. And can I, can I just say one thing that would sort all of this out, right? Obviously, it's get rid of VAR because it's an absolute joke. Um, but what would have sorted it out, right, is if you had a ex-professional footballer who's played the game sitting in that VAR room, right, and then he could have all, straight away gone, nah, it's offside because he's <laughs> he's impacted play because he wanted to go for it. It's not rocket science, yeah? The fact that you've got referees who might not necessarily have played the game. You've played football, you've played football, you know it's offside, don't you? You haven't even got to have played to a high level, right? Yeah. You know it's offside, it's as simple as that. You have, a, you have an ex-professional in that VAR room, straight away goes, nah, <laughs> come on, don't be stupid, it's offside, it's as simple as that. Yeah, and an understanding of like, I think sometimes people want it to be black and white, and football's not like that. Sometimes you need to understand the context of it. There needs to be an element of common sense with it as well. And so if you gave that ex-pro that freedom to yeah, do that boom. and understand the flow of a football game, then I think we'd be in a much better Yeah, Couldn't happen to a nicer team, though. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. Go on, get the badging. Give it the big one. I, I, I really just don't. I, I really just don't. I mean, it's football. <laughs> These things happen. Right, no. we're going to do we're going to do what you're wearing, okay? Um, James Alcott, you've come in today um, with the most beautiful jersey. Oh. Yes, I think is. we've had on lads. What are you wearing? One of the best jerseys we've had. Yeah, we haven't it. Yeah, yeah come yeah, on then. Talk to us okay. about this. Talk so to us about. I this. bought this. I was in Buenos Aires, and all I wanted was a long sleeve Boca Juniors shirt, right? And I, I was in La Boca, and it's like it's an amazing place. You haven't go, and I'm in this shop, and it's all these shirts, and I, I see it like it's glowing, 
and they're, they're all the same shirt, but this one's got long sleeve, it's going to fit me on amazing. Grab it, and there's this little, here, there's this little oh, rip yeah. on it. And I'm little like, rip, yeah. So I go to the guy, I go, can I get, can I get, like, discount? Can I get a discount for that? And he's like, okay, yeah, we'll take a little bit off. That's fine. I put it on, and I think, oh, finally got this shirt. <laughs> one of them's got a sleeve, and one of them hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get that. That? <laughs> what is that? What is that? Are you sure it's even genuine? It's got a rip. It's not I, got thought a it well. I thought it was genuine. So I, I wear it, but I obviously yeah. wear it like that for now. <laughs> but I love it. I love Boca Juniors. I love all of that part of it. That is a beautiful fanboy. So I thought I'd chuck this on. That yeah, is, I think it was a good right up there, mate. Yeah, on this show. Even, that even is without right up there. Even, the even with the wizard. Three quarter length. I yeah. love it, mate. I love it. Uh, Goldbridge, what are you wearing today? Go on, big dog. You want some, do you? You want some, we'll wear it. I was just so happy from the weekend, so I just was like, you know. All right, let's talk about another um, derby, this time the Midlands derby, um, Nottingham Forest against Leicester. Um, Huge win for Nottingham Forest, right? Massive, yeah. And I think they're 13th now. I mean, it's so tight. Like, you know, we were talking about the league. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but I was trying, I was thinking of an unpopular opinion. I don't think it is that unpopular then. I think this is the most competitive the Premier League's ever been. For sure. I said that ever. at the beginning of the show. I totally yeah. agree with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's unbelievable. And because even Nottingham Forest now, and the managers, like I was saying that, I said it quite flippantly, that like Nathan Jones is the worst manager in the league. The point I was making was that like, all the managers are unbelievable. And Steve Cooper has done such a good yeah, job yeah, there. Yeah. And now, after all those changes, you kind of see what he's trying to do. They're really, really good at home. Really, really yeah, good yeah. at home. That for- the Forest fans, mate, are something else, you know. Yeah. When they get roaring, to be fair to them, they are very, very good. And, that, and actually, some of the signings look good. Uh, Aouni up front, I think, is, is made for the Premier League. Brennan Johnson's got uh, good finishing ability and he got the goals in this one. And I think Leicester City fans... I sort of, they've been really up and down this the year. The World Cup's killed them. They've had moments, yeah, because yeah, yeah. they were in a good place, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, and they've not won since the World Cup. Um, but it's, yeah, it's up for grabs in terms of the teams that are, I think it's going to be interesting to see who Born goes down. Have gone, well, I think Forest will be okay now. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think people missed their opportunity with Forest because I think you're right. I think they had so many changes and they were, they were really bad, but yeah. no, one's, no one's created a gap. Yeah, so they've been able to just sort of had bad results and still be in touch. Get away with it. Same with Wolves as well. Wolves, yeah. I think, looked really... But no one's moved away, and now I think... Bournemouth... I wanted to ask you this. Sorry, I wanted to ask you about Wolves, because when you're, when you're in a relegation battle, would you rather have a sort of solid defence in midfield, a bit like a Wolves, or would you rather have a team that's not got the best of defences, but you know you've got a Lukaku up front? Mate, we, Wolves don't have we, that. We got relegated at Birmingham City, right? And we scored that season 38 games. I think we scored 34 goals or 32 goals or something. We got relegated because we couldn't score goals. That's what gets you relegated. Honestly, you can Mate. unless you can keep 15 clean sheets, 12, 13, 14, 15 clean sheets. Yeah, you're going to get relegated because goals are what win you. I remember games, years ago, that. Harry Redknapp at West Ham went and bought Paul Kitson and John Hartson in January, yeah, and, and it kept them up because they just started banging goals. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mate, the, the 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 quality in the Premier League is so high now. Yeah. That other teams will outscore you if you don't score goals. It's as simple as that. You have to score goals. That would be the only thing I would worry about with Wolves then, because that, I mean they've brought in uh, Cunha, who like, might score goals, doesn't got a good record, but came from Atletico Madrid, which is obviously a big, big team. But that's the thing I do wonder. With, everyone kind of is going, Wolves will be fine. Wolves will be fine. They don't score enough goals, do they? But yeah, that is the thing. And I, I remember as a QBR fan, when they, when we've sort of stayed up, it's been the fact that we've had Gibral Cisse up front yeah, or yeah. Zamora could get us a goal or Tarap could do something because the defence, when you get to like March, 
everyone switches on that little bit more and, and it all matters so much more. So this that's is, the one thing I want This is why strikers about. get paid the big bucks, mate. This Sadly. is why you don't want to be a goalie, yeah? Be at the other end of the pitch. Because when you score the goals, you get paid the big bucks, but everybody wants that striker that scores them goals, all right? Let's talk about Liverpool. Um, what on earth is going on here, Mark? Right. Well, I, just, I mean, I love I Brighton. We, we've, we, we, things like we talk, everyone talks about Brighton, even from the Potter days, but I mean, that's just massively impressive. Um, so. I, think, I think Liverpool had one shot on goal. I didn't watch it. I, I caught the highlights, but on the afternoon, I, I saw they were losing 2 0. I, I logged on to look at the stats, and, and then I've won, you know, I was like, well, this is not a smash and grab. Brighton yeah. have absolutely done, they've done what Brighton do. And I, I think with Liverpool, um, I know that I know why they've bought Gakpo because they've they've had injuries in the midfield uh, in the attack, but midfield is where their problem is. Yeah. People who talk about the defence and people talk about Salah, games are won and lost in the midfield. You, you, they're conceding too many goals, and not creating enough chances. And it's, it's interesting because I think Jordan Henderson's such a good player, but and Fabinho and Thiago, and they picked all three against Brighton, and yet they got absolutely annihilated yeah. in the midfield again. And you're like, I think with Liverpool last season they nearly won a quadruple. And they they were amazing, and this happened before. I think with Liverpool, they burn them, they go for it in a season, yeah. and then they almost have a massive drop off. And I guarantee, if you look at their high pressures and intensity and all that, I bet it's dropped by fifteen percent from Easily, last season. Mate. So I, I think they're tired. I think they're tired. Maybe their lack of motivation. I just think they're suffering from a hangover from last year. But that's not you know they still need to be in the Champions League and. Getting beat 3-0 at Brighton is not acceptable, is it? Well, we've got a uh, 20 quid bet on the fact that Liverpool finish above Man United and you're definitely going to be... But I, I still think it can happen because it's not halfway through the season yet. Yeah. There's 60 points to be played for and Liverpool can click, but I expected them to have clicked by now, to be honest. Um, what do you make of the, the Liverpool defence? Because I was watching Matip and uh, Cunyate and they just look... Hey, that's not Liverpool defence for me, is it? No. Well, I, I think it all starts from higher up the pitch. You know, like you talk about that midfield, it kind of makes it way back to them because they're getting they're easier to play through them. And actually, Brighton went round them uh, in this game. Brighton are so good. They are so good, aren't they? They're so good. They beat Everton. Yeah. And Everton fans understandably got really annoyed about it. They got beat, was it I 4 smashed one? Them, yeah. yeah, smashed them. Yeah. But I was like, and? Yeah. Like Brighton are class. That and, Ferguson's a player. Mate, well. all, all, yeah, they've got so that. many of them. Honestly, they've yeah. got so the many Toma's of them. The Toma's unbelievable. The Toma is an absolute so joke. Like, just yeah. goes under the. It's like all, every single one of them players. Just under the radar and just do it. I feel so annoyed by Trozard as well because. And if Casido yeah. goes to Chelsea, and it's like I feel so bad for Brighton. I mean, they lost the manager. I understand that. But if Trozard goes and then Casido goes in January, you're like it's halfway through a season. Know, yeah. Just see, just see it through. You're doing so well. Keep that momentum going. But it's it gives you hope a little bit. Yeah. You know, as a, like, a fan of a team in the Championship, that you, if you can be smarter. Same with Brentford. Same with Fulham. I mean, I guess they've spent some money, Fulham, but. They keep finding these players. You don't. They don't have to be names. Kind of what I was talking about earlier. It's like Matoma's not a name until he becomes a name. Basuma's not a name until he becomes a name. Same with McAllister. Yeah, same yeah. with Trusted. All these players. If you're a well-run club and you can you can find these gems, they're knocking about everywhere. Fantastic. But Liverpool, Liverpool have got the problem is they used to defend in the opposition's third. Like when you had Mane and Salah, oh, and you, there's no way Mane out. Mane's the one. Winaldum, I think they're really too, missing Winaldum, like because you then had him and Henderson, yeah. and they're like Rottweilers in there, and they're smart as well. And so the ball, even if it does get into the opposition's half, Van Dijk will just trot off and get it. And whereas now they're playing through them that little bit uh, more, yeah, and then you're going to start. They're not pressuring the in the opponent's half yeah. at all, are they anymore? I think they need Firmino, and I think they need to play Firmino as well. I think that would make life a bit better for them if they want to press the way that they they want to, but. 
Yeah, I mean, Chelsea, Liverpool. Like, Strange times. Brentford are above both of them, right? Brentford are above both of them. Fulham are above both of them. No. All right, Fulham. Let me, uh, you mentioned Fulham then. They're having a season, by the way. Um, watched the Newcastle game yesterday. Fulham a little bit unlucky. The penalty, obviously, you don't see many of them ones. Um, but Newcastle, like, they just they find a way of winning these games. You know what I mean? Like, what's that now? 12 clean sheets for the season? That's incredible. That is incredible. Last five games on the shot. Even if you're a Man City, yeah, or whoever, an Arsenal, 12 clean sheets at this stage of the season after 18, 19 games, ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. It's like it's very Atletico Madrid, which like everyone's talking about Eddie Howe. Kind of in his time off, he went went over there and sort of watched Diego Simeone. Because before that, when he was at Bournemouth, they were a bit mm, lightweight, right, yeah. a little bit flimsy, and scored enough goals, but that, like conceded quite a few as well. I've sort of, I'm sure you've had a million of these. I'm sure you've had these as well. But like, I said I think Newcastle will tense up. Just because of what I've seen over the years yeah, in football, yeah. I think they might tense up and it might be, they might not be able to score enough goals. So yesterday when I was streaming, the Newcastle fans were, like, were after me. I'm going to stick with what I said, but with Liverpool and Chelsea struggling the way they are and the fact that they just do not concede many goals, Newcastle. Do you know why Newcastle don't concede goals? Do you know why? And this is, I promise you this is why, right? Look at the height, look at the size of the Newcastle back four and goalkeeper, right? Yeah. They are all six foot three, four, five, six, seven. They are monsters, right? So yesterday, Fulham, early on in the game when they had their little spells, like 20 minutes in the first half sort of thing, they were getting down the right-hand side, they were whipping balls into the box, right? They're, this is like bread and butter for them, right? It reminds me of... So Chelsea, back in the day, you remember when Mourinho was actually the, the special one, the proper special one, right? That original Chelsea team that he was keeping clean sheets right, left and centre with checking goal, he made a, he had a policy where he had to have six players over six foot in his team, yeah? He had to have them, right? Just for that aerial bit. And he believed that if you could cut out set-piece goals, you would win games for fun. And that's exactly what Newcastle are doing. They've got these monsters, right? And... When teams are whipping balls into the box, normally your back four have to get like in between the posts, basically. Your ideal defending position is your like the, the left back basically should come all the way over and he should be on the post and your two centre backs, one in the front post, one in the middle. That's the ideal positions, yeah? To to be best defender. When you're that tall, you haven't got to be in that exact position because you still can clear the ball. And that's what they're doing. They're not conceding set-piece goals and then they're going nicking them at the other end. Lovely. I think with Bruno Gamera's, I don't know if anyone saw him going off, but that is massive for, for Newcastle. Although they have got, you know, transfer window is going to be big. What are Newcastle going to do in the transfer window? They've got the money. I think if they spend, bring a couple of players in, the position they're in, no European football, I think Newcastle look very, very good. That's a really good point. Then, though, European football, actually. Yeah, because that's that's so intense. Yeah, you got it. and the, but they do not have. I mean, what they got? Longstaff, Willett, but yeah, Shelby. Know. I don't know if he's fit or not. Yeah, yeah. They said that would be the thing that they would go and get yeah. done. If, if they, they if they get a few more injuries, then I think if they get another injury or, so, or two in the next week or so, they will have to go and get a couple more. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, Newcastle absolutely pumping another one 0 dirty win. Kieran Trippier in my dream team, you little beauty. Is he the highest scoring defender in dream team? By the way, he's got to be. Surely not, they're keeping yeah. clean sheets for fun, assists for fun as well. Uh, all right, I want to talk about Everton. Um, wow, trouble, absolute trouble at Everton. Um, Frank Lampard under massive pressure. I don't know if you saw after the game, all the fans like chasing players down, chasing um, Gordon, Anthony Gordon down in his car, Yerry Mina having to remonstrate with fans, all that kind of stuff. Um, Frank's right, he's like right on the brink, isn't he? He's got to go. Um, it's never nice to say sack a manager, but I think he needs to go. Um, the story's been set. Um, same thing, same story as last year, relegation. Uh, I looked. I always look at the team 
when I, I'm not an Everton fan, but I always look at the team. I looked at that team and I, I like Anana, Idrisagay and Awobi. I think it's a really good Premier League. They've got field. quality, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they've got you've got energy. I looked at the front two, Calvert Lewin and Gordon, and then you've got people like Connor Cody, Tarkovsky. They know how to keep clean yeah. sheets. So I, I don't think it's acceptable for Everton. I know Everton fans want to blame the structure, and that's absolutely fine. But I actually think there is you, you can have multi-layered problems, and I think that there is a problem with Lampard's coaching. Um, and I think now is the time to make that change because there are people that I think Sean Dyche would would would, would suit them like a glove. Yeah. Um, it's not for me to say I'm not an Everton fan, but I think from the outside looking in, that change will inevitably happen. And how long do you want to wait? Because as James said, that relegation, there's no two good to be going down. How long do you want to wait? The thing is, if you do lose another two or three on the bounce, and if you start to get cut adrift, even if it's three or four points mentally for your as your, if you're a player, when you see that league table, when it's when it is as it is now, and there's like five teams on 15 points, another one or two on 16, 17, you think one winner we're out. Who you're losing to, isn't it? Southampton at home. That oh, you have to win that. It's like, it's like Spurs against Arsenal. You you, you can't not win that because those get yeah yeah exactly yeah. This oh, is go sorry, on sorry. Go on. I was going to say and within this run of games that Everton have had, and I think they've lost to Bournemouth as well. I yeah. feel like there's a few other teams that Wolves maybe games that that those ones at home. I'm not sure if they're all at home. You've got to be picking up yeah. points in those mm. games. And it comes back to what you were saying actually about it's goals. You know because I think I think if it got to April and they need clean sheets. That yeah. team will get you clean sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will work hard. But the difference last year was that they started to do that and you had Richarlison up top who could get you a goal. And Calvert-Lewin, I think, is a good player but can't seem to stay fit. Malpai doesn't make sense because yeah. you, you're playing with the target man. You're going to take him off. You're going to bring on Malpai. You've got to play completely differently. Um, I think they need to get a striker. They've been linked with uh, Dan Juma, yeah. mm. who would be brilliant for them. Um, but I think, I think you're right. And I, I'm normally one that just wants to give the manager another week, another week, another week. But what I would say when I looked at that lineup, that is the lineup I would pick. Yeah. And there's, there's some good players in there. Like, say, Ananas, that's a, that's a solid midfield. So you then need to find the answers. And, and he's not doing it at the moment. When you do say Sean Dyche, I do go, it does make sense. 1 0 up. Southampton don't travel very well and they end up winning the game 2 1. I mean, Ward Prowse deserves massive credit. So does Southampton. What a week for them. But. You can't be losing those games. That's a good point because people get annoyed me when I don't talk about Southampton enough because they don't get a huge amount of coverage for whatever reason. Nathan Jones, in terms of how they set up, and James Ward-Prowse in terms of where they've played him, it's something that I've never thought of. But you've got a team that can't finish, but you've got the best free kick taker and the best finisher possibly, you know, ever when it comes to free kicks for sure. So put him in attacking midfield, get him close to the goal, and give yeah. him a chance of scoring some goals. Really obvious, but really, really smart, and it paid off for them. If Southampton could get a big striker, a target man, a wow, Weghorst, Weg, Weghorst, someone like that, right? Yeah, James Ward Prowse is that good with free kicks and set pieces and corners, right? It would be honestly a match made in heaven, but they kind of haven't got that. They're relying on him an awful lot of the minute as well, aren't they? Go yeah. on, you're going to say something about Weg, 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 no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I was going to say, I think Southampton will go down. Do you? Yeah, still? I, th- I still think they'll go down. Yeah, I think, I think this might be a little blip of a good few results, but. In the context of, I just don't think they've got the quality or, I mean, they've just won, won away. I, I, I think it's very competitive. I'm not dissing 
Southampton, I think it's very, very competitive. And I, I fancy South, I think Southampton and Bournemouth are gone for me in the third team. I'm just not sure about it at the moment. I love it either way, mate. Do you know why? Because it keeps everything interesting. I guarantee you, everybody at the Premier League, Sky, Amazon, BT, they are buzzing so much because it keeps everybody interested all the way through. And that's the way we want it as well. as fans, Best league we? in the world. Exactly. Best, best league, in, league the in the world. I said at the start of the show, what a league. What a league we have. We're so lucky. Um, Brentford. Um, Brentford are just... You know, they, they, they remind me of Brighton a little bit. They're a little bit disruptive and they play for, like, they like to have the ball out, play all that kind of stuff. But if it works, it works. Why would you change it? It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm a massive fan of Thomas Frank. And I, th- I, that, that, I think the biggest compliment I can play to Brentford is that I looked at that result, looked at that fixture, and I was like, they'll win that. Yeah. And, and I thought Brentford would go down last year, but this year they're, they're, they're basically a mid. Well, they're not even mid table, are they? What are they like? Above eight, Liverpool, eight, nine, yeah, above Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, 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 and the way they run that football club is so intelligent. Brilliant, it's isn't not, it? They don't have a reserves, do they? They don't have a, a youth system, I don't think they do. Um, the recruitment's been fantastic. And I thought, you know, they smashed Man United there, they, they smashed Liverpool there. And then, you know, they can just pick up results like this. It's, uh, it's intriguing to see what will happen with Brentford in years to come because I think, again, if I was Everton and I was sacking Frank Lampard, I might be having a little bit of a chat yeah. about Thomas Frank. I don't think he'd leave, but, yeah, I mean, they're just so consistent. Yeah. He uses some of those, they use some of those elements uh, that you were talking about in terms of size, like Yanel and Norgard and Tony up front. Again, another thing that we spoke about today, like someone who's going to get you goals, Tony does that, doesn't miss those penalties. Um, I thought Bournemouth, I tweeted about how um, the penalty is a joke. The penalty is an absolute joke, in my opinion. And for a team that's down the bottom, struggling, oh. that first goal means everything. Yeah, of course. Because you have optimism until that first goal comes, goes in, and then you go, oh no, we're going to struggle again. You have to change game plan. You have to change game plan. Exactly. So when Tony grabs his arm and the centre back's you know, wobbling over, that, the fact that that doesn't, I don't know if it went to VAR, but if, once it goes there, You've got to, you can't give that as a penalty because it's a guaranteed goal because Ivan Tony's taken yeah. it. And then it's a different game. I think, I think that was harsh on Bournemouth. The trouble, we've spoke about this, the trouble is, and I think a lot of people are starting to realise it now, is that with penalties, it's not whether it's a penalty or not. They go by this, is it clear and obvious? So if a referee... Which gives, isn't clear and obvious. Yeah. That sentence isn't clear yeah, and obvious. Yeah, so if it's a soft penalty, it's always going to be a penalty because VAR will go, well, it's soft but it's not clearly not a penalty. And then if, if it is, a, and then it's the other way around. If he doesn't give it, but it technically could be a penalty, they'll go, yeah, but he's not clearly and obviously... Made. So, so it's, we're not getting what we think as fans. It's like they should look at it and go, that's not a penalty. Or that is a penalty, but they'll try and protect the rest. So talking of weak penalties, we didn't even talk about this on the Newcastle Fulham game. Sorry to go off topic a little bit, but the the penalty that Mitrovic actually got right, he gave it for the second foul mm. on um, on Trippier. So he gave it against Trippier, whereas the player coming through was it Decker Dover Reed actually stood on Trippier's foot first. Mm. He actually stood on. Tri- so I'm thinking, so well, if they're going to go to um, VAR, then the first action, the first thing that was a problem is. Uh, is Deckard over Reed standing on Trippier's foot? Well, they should it. do that. VAR should do that. So, so what's the point then? Well, I think that could be a new tactic. When I saw that one, uh, you remember, like probably about seven, eight years ago, you started to see people click their own yeah, yeah, heel course, right yeah, yeah, on the yeah. way through, and now we've seen it. Where I, our eyes Actually, are used to went it for a little period, oh, of time, right? didn't he? Yes, scumbag. He did. Scumbag young Sean Derry. But I wonder if this would be a thing with a step over in the penalty box and essentially you're kicking the opposition. Yeah. But I'm just doing a step over oh, and you go down the ball and, then and you're going to start thing. winning loads of penalties. Yeah, it's a good do, little yeah. tactic. Mm. 
That's not a good tactic. We don't want to see that. We don't like cheating in the Premier League, all right? That's why it's the best league in the world. <laughs> all right, lads, absolutely cooking. Brilliant episode. Uh, we've got a few more games to rattle through. We're going to go for Chelsea. Huge win for Potter. Harry Potter. Graham Potter, sorry. Yes. Uh, huge win for Graham Potter. Um, sorry, I, I, what was that? I'm not, celebrating a Chelsea win? Though. I know, yeah. No, I'm not celebrating a Chelsea win. I'm celebrating a Potter win because right. I just think it's... Um, I did this with Arteta. I'm not an Arsenal fan, but I, I hated it when Arsenal fans were like, Arteta, print the T-shirts. And I think with Potter... I'm very defensive of Potter anyway because I think he's a really good manager and it's great to have an English manager at a, at a big club. So I want him to do well. But also, you know, as we've said before, no pre-season, no transfers, clubs in an absolute mess. They spend 200 million on Tuchel and they sack him and then you've got to inherit that. Patience, transition. Um, so I'm really pleased that you got a result because I think if they hadn't won that game, that it does get to a point where you go, all right, transitions and patience, but you've not bloody won for ages. You can still get sacked. So I think it was... It was good for them to get a result. And I, 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 I felt, I know we're not going to talk about the Fulham game, but I thought, I thought they were really good. And I thought Jao Felix was fantastic. And then he's just a bit over-eager yeah, and he gets sent off and now he can't play for a month. So I think every... And uh, Zakaria got injured. So I think Chelsea so had a lot... it rains, it pours yeah. at the So minute, I was yeah. pleased for him to get a result because they've got out... They're going to, I think they're going to Anfield next weekend. So yeah, they've got some tough ones coming yeah. up. Um, what do you make of them announcing Mudrick signing about 20 minutes into the first half. What is going on? What? They, they announced on Twitter, Chelsea. Oh, right. Did yeah, they? They did it on 20 the... minutes That's... into the game, yeah? 20 minutes that they've signed Mudrick on an eight-and-a-half-year deal. What's, what is this all about? Do you know what I saw as well? You know Twitter spaces? Todd Bowley was in a Chelsea Twitter oh, yeah, space. Oh, yeah, I heard about this, yeah. He was just there, just listening. Any good ideas, guys? Any players we should go for? Uh, what? It's so weird. Chelsea is so weird at the moment. That is <laughs> the Chelsea transfer policy, though, isn't it? And, look, it's fine if you want to go and nick a player for somebody, but I, I was saying this yesterday. Chelsea need a midfielder, a right-back and a striker, and they're buying another attacking yeah. midfielder and another centre-back. And it's like, look, Arsenal needed Mudrick because they need somebody in yeah. that position. Man United have got Veghorst because we need someone in that position. You can't just log on to the BBC gossip column and go, oh, <laughs> Arsenal want that player. Let's, let's, let's offer another yeah. 20 million. And I feel, I feel sorry for Arsenal because they put a lot of work in, but they can't go toe-to-toe with Chelsea, so they've got to let them go. Do you know what it's like? It's like, do you know when you used to play Champ Man and it would say, like, a rumour had come in yeah. or, or another team had made a bid for a player and then you click on that player and look at it and think... He's young. He looks all right. I'm going to beat them yeah, for that. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go and get him on that. And that's now. Chelsea's policy, isn't but it? The problem with doing that is, though, if they're going to go and beat Arsenal to it, one, they've paid more money than what Arsenal are willing to pay, but the wages, they would have... It's, once it becomes a bidding war, it's a problem. You see what they're doing with the contracts as well, though. They're like eight-year contracts know, because there's financial fair play things coming in about player amortisation, is it? Something like that. So they're basically giving them huge contracts. They do it with Badashiel as well to spread it out. Um, again, another loophole, another way of you know manipulating. But you have to buy players on your terms. Like we're talking about Brighton and how good they are, or, or Brentford and how good they are. There's other players. Yeah. But when you like, so for Arsenal, they for future transfers, they strengthened their position because they've gone. No, that's our price, mm. and so we're not going to. We'll go get another player yeah, it's good who way would be of doing great. It. Whereas Chelsea, you go. Well, Chelsea got money, yeah. so we're like we're, the we'll next one's going to cost more. Yeah, and also then they've got too many players, so actually no, we're not going to give you what he's worth. We'll give you less. Yeah. So both um, from both sides of it, it's 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 a poor great business. It's a great point about Brighton because I want Potter to do well, but I just wonder how in control he is because you you know you know what Potter did at Brighton, and then you can see Chelsea very sporadic. And is Graham Potter there going? Yeah, get me another attacking midfielder. Yeah, yeah, go and get yeah. me that. I, I don't. Necessarily and could, think Mudrick could be. Do you remember Pepe? 
Kevin Ford Pepe's class. <laughs> no, he comes 50 in. 50 mil he costs, you know. I think he was 80. 70. 80? <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was definitely north of 70. Yeah. God. So, like, when he comes in, I think he's a really good... He looks like a really good player. Yeah. But... You don't know, no. so don't spend that kind of money on it unless it's a complete sure thing. Was it 100 million euros? No. I think it's like I, I think it's like 70 plus 40 in add-ons or something like that. ridiculous. Um, right. Anyway, we're, we're going to get the quiz on in a minute. Um, Fozzy, by the way, James is Fozzy's me, by the way. I yes, refer no, to no. myself in third person. <laughs> no, it's me. Um, You're Gozzy, are you? I have won both game week so far, so I'm on 100 percent of the minute. So That's I'm just letting of, you know. All right. Mark's on zero percent of the minute. He's bottom of the league really? table. Yeah. Lot um, of contrast. I'm James. rubbish at quizzes. Well, well, we'll see in a minute, won't like we? We'll see in a minute. We've got the quiz coming in a minute. Quickly, two more games to talk about. We've got um, Villa uh, against Leeds. Big win for Villa. Um, did you watch this game? No, you did no. not. <laughs> no, I didn't. I forgot. This is why I don't do Fantasy Premier League, because it's Friday night. But it's a good result for Villa. And they are the only mid-table team in the league. When you look at the league, they're the only team that you could describe as mid-table, which is just fantastic for the league, isn't it? It's, um, if you're a Villa player, it's not, though, because it is so boring. Honestly, they when, could... you're that, when you're that middle team and you've got nothing to play for, it's hard work. You know what? We're not halfway through the season, though. It's not like, I think, psychologically, because it's January. We're getting done by the calendar. Yeah, we yeah, are getting we are, We're all like, oh, beach, book your holiday. But you're not halfway through. If Villa went on a good run, it's not like they're 15 points off. You know, they, they could go top half of the table. They're out the cup. They're not in Europe. But I think, again, I think with, with Villa, um, it's about what progress you can make before the summer, isn't it? Because Emery needs a summer. He needs a pre-season as well. Uh, just quickly on Leeds, I think it's, I saw some ridiculous stat of something like, 80 days or something since their last win. Right, and finally, Wolves, West Ham. Um, West Ham, genuinely, Mark, David Moyes, is he, is he there, there or thereabouts? Has he got some, uh, some sort of time in the bank, has he? If it was me, I, I still can't see them going down. Yeah. Uh, the season's kind of done for them. That's really disappointing. And they don't really have some clear style going forward. That's the thing that I think is really disappointing. But I think David Moyes has got enough credit in the bank. People got short memories. Like they had such a great season last year, and I think maybe the expectation that and the signings coming in has taken its toll a little bit. But that is a better squad, so they should be doing much better than they are. I mean, who do you bring in is always my question when you're talking about managers going out. I think with Moyes, I'd agree that he's the right manager. He's a relegation manager. Yeah. He, he will keep you up. Um, but I think maybe in the summer they might want to just part ways respectfully because maybe he's, he's run his course Freshen there. It up a bit, but. Yeah. Um, I'm really disappointed. Paqueta's a good signing. Skamaka, yeah. I, was, I was really excited about. You've still got Antonio. Declan Rice is still there. Yeah, they shouldn't be in that position they're in. It's not acceptable. But um, I think yeah. West Ham fans are getting more scared because do you remember that? Is it 2004 or whatever it was when they had all those players, Defoe and Carrick and all those players and they were too good to go down yeah. and they still went they down. Still so went I think down. they're a little bit more scared than normal because of that. But I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I do too. Um, it's quiz time, lads. Oof. You ready for this? Mm. No. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm Honestly, saying. I'm nervous. Well, you got, well, why, why are you nervous? You can just ask questions like, you know, where the answer is about something that the question wasn't. Don't worry about it. Let's go. Football <laughs> fill in. Ten second. Ten quest. Ten. The quiz time. Oh, him. Oh, <laughs> crickety crick. How many direct free kicks has David Beckham scored in the Premier League? Thirty-two. No. This needs some thinking. I can't believe you jumped in direct so tricky. early. Um, 22. Nope. Mm. 26. Nope. 18. Oh. The reason why that question because James Ward Prowse is now two direct free kicks behind this him. Yeah. Oh. Topical. Like Topical. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Who scored the only goal for Wolves this week? Hodence. Oh. Well, it's one actually Hodence. Hodence. <laughs> Sorry. No, do I, no, do I not get it? No, I thought that was one. Um, 
who has the career path of mm. Benfica B, Benfica, Monaco, Manchester City? Neves. Rodriguez. No. I know yeah, that's it. your fault. I, I know it. Oh my god! Why did I say Neves? <laughs> Why did I say Neves? Cancelo? No, no. Diaz. No. Oh shit! I don't know it. <laughs> Monaco was the second Monaco. one. Benfica. Benfica B. Benfica. Monaco. Manchester. City. Can we all be back in? You're all back in. Yeah, we're all back in. We're all back in. Back in. <laughs> say it again. Say it again. Benfica. Benfica B. Benfica. Monaco. Man City. Yeah. Monaco. Monaco's killed me. What positions did they play in? No. no, no. I think we just have to pass. No. We're Banana all Silva. Banana yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well done. That's a fun back, back, back. That shouldn't fires. stand. Can we come back in? We shouldn't be allowed back in. Yeah, yeah, that is. That's a point. So one nil one. Yeah. What colour is Southampton's third kit? White. Nope. Black. Pink. Nope. All wrong. Green. Oh. That's their third kit. Rubbish. Who is the current captain for Leeds United? Tyler Adams. Uh, Cooper. Cooper. Ooh. Who's Cooper? He's captain of Leeds. He's captain of Leeds. Wakey, wakey. He's captain of Leeds. Oh, don't get zero, Ben. Don't get zero. Please don't get zero. Uh, your head's gone. <laughs> you just need to shout out really quick. No. <laughs> Who was the only player to score an own goal this weekend? Luis. Luis. Come on, He's Uncle. Come on. Foster's gone. <laughs> He's going to lose it. Who was the previous manager of Liverpool before Klopp? Rogers. Rogers. Oh. Rogers, Goldbridge. Oh, God. This, wow. We've had, wow. We've had six questions and you've wow. got zero. <laughs> Three, two, zero. I'm tired. I didn't get I don't care. until like two. I'll just be happy if James wins. <laughs> Who has the lowest goal difference currently in the Premier League? Newcastle. Nope. Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Goal difference. Lowest goal difference. The worst. Way. Yeah, the lowest. Oh, the lowest. No, I was thinking about nah, the that's, I completely that's, understood that's, the question. I completely nah. understood the question. That's rubbish. The oh. worst goal difference. This Nobody's happens every bloody week. Every bloody week. I get scams. Lowest <laughs> goal difference. Bournemouth. I'm thinking goals conceded. What did you say? You said worst. L- lowest. Are oh, we heard worst? Who proofreads these minus. questions? Come on. I, I understand what you meant, Jack. That basically Thanks. gives him the win. Which actually, I don't mind. Well, what are the scores? <laughs> Anyone? You still on the, how many on there? to James, two to Mark. The comments, zero, the, it's all right. The comments will have sympathy. They all how many questions got left? Two. I've got two questions left. You're gone. Oh, God. Uh, so, who won the Golden Boot in a 27-08 season? Drogba. Nope. 27. 27. 2007-08 season. Who <laughs> 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 that again? <laughs> oh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Correct. Oh, this oh, is I shouldn't you, know that. You, you've got to get that. He's your mate. He's your mate. I shouldn't know. He's your mate. This you is know a 5-2-0. I was going to say Van Persie. I was going to say Van Persie. Final question. What club was Coutinho at before joining Liverpool? Barcelona. No. no. <laughs> oh, Inter Milan. Yeah, Inter Milan. Oh, you're the man. You're so good. Oh, I'm no, proud of you today. I you know what? Quizzes. I don't even care that I got zero. You just, it's incredible Stole to see you up close and personal. Six, two, oh my zero. God. Come on! Hold on, oh, no, remember last time? Remember wow. Tom, wow. Tom got a forfeit wow. for getting zero, so oh. I think Fozzie's going to have to do Forfeit? He didn't get a forfeit. What did he do? What was the forfeit? Yeah, he had to do a dance, didn't he? He had to do a dance. No, he didn't. Favourite nightclub Isn't it, dance. You know, like FIFA, you have to run to the next street with your trousers on. That, <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is horrific, zero. I don't think we've ever had that. 
We have Tom had one like a couple of weeks ago. No, no. Um, no I'd like to just take this moment to apologise to my mum. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, mum. I love you. I do. Um, I'll be better next week. That's all I can say. Um, in the meantime, well done. Proud of you. Thanks. Proud of you. And you? I did all right. Mid-table, Goldbridge again. Uh, that's a football filling, everybody. <laughs> well, Weghorst! Well, Weghorst! He should be on an episode of Harry Potter! Well, Weghorst! Weg, Weghorst? I've never heard... That's not even a real name! Woot, Weghorst! You belong on a Harry Potter film! Bullshit! See you next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs>